Welcome to another episode of the Zenpreneur Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want more money and less stress. The Zenpreneur Podcast is hosted by serial entrepreneur and high-performance coach Mario Lanzarotti. Listen as Mario and his inspiring guests share the insights, strategies, and habits that allow you to grow your business with peace of mind so you can enjoy more wealth and freedom. Learn how to build the mindset and habits you need to find the balance between a successful business and a thriving personal life. And now, here is your host, Mario Lanzarotti. Hello and welcome, my friends, to the Zenpreneur Podcast. This is your host, Mario Lanzarotti. Today, I have another exciting guest with me here today. His name is Greg Slever. He is a distinguished authority in executive leadership development and education, has honed his expertise over a remarkable career spanning over 25 years, a truly seasoned entrepreneur and business leader. As the president and founder of the Westwood International, Greg has guided numerous companies across Europe, Asia, North America, South America, and Australia, empowering their leaders to achieve unparalleled success. He is an eight times, eight times Amazon top best-selling author. He's a TEDx speaker. He's a visionary. He's very active in philanthropy. And today he honors us with his presence. Mr. Greg Slever, welcome to the show. Great. Great to be with you, Mario. Wonderful, wonderful to see you. Lovely. Greg, I want to talk to you about leadership because it is something that I believe is still to this day highly underrated in this world. So many people, so many entrepreneurs look for the next strategy. They look for the next book, for the next podcast, the next event. But so few, I find, look within to find the leader inside. And I'm curious to hear a little bit about your journey as to how you became an international leader. Yeah, so well, that's a that's a long answer, and it's not finished. Um, still learning a lot, but I'll tell you what I've been working on recently that I think has been helping me is, you know, I started this group called Hope Makers. Yeah. And it's a group of coaches, trainers, facilitators from around the world who want to come together and make a difference in the world, either through companies, through their work, or in their own neighborhoods, whatever their context might be. But there's one rule that we have that I'm absolutely adamant about. No selling. Mm. If you come in and start pitching the group or soliciting, I'm kicking your ass out. I don't <laughs> I just don't want it. Not going to have it. It doesn't mean that people can't talk about their work, but talk about it if you're asked to talk about it or if someone inquires. Right. right? Now, what's the biggest challenge to that? What I'm finding for me, the times that I really want to sell and push is when I don't feel whole or complete. If I feel some kind of lack or some kind of shortcoming, or some kind of need that I need to grasp for or reach out for, it pushes me to sell more. And so I've been realizing that probably rather than telling people, don't do this, don't sell, don't solicit, just be there, listen, ask questions, appreciate, find ways to serve. I should probably be helping people. How do you be more whole? 
with right where you're at. And that's something I've been practicing and working on. Like, how can I just be whole and complete so that I can listen completely to whoever's speaking to me? Mm. Right? The more I have an agenda, the more I feel a lack, the more I have to protect or defend myself or my point of view or my position, the more likely I am not to listen and to push something like selling somebody or soliciting somebody. Mm. And so if you were to ask me about leadership today, like this morning and in my meditation from this morning, is how can I just be complete and whole right where I'm at? I yeah. love that answer. Yeah. It's such a good answer. There's so many facets to what you just said. And I would love for you to elaborate. Let's take a few steps back. Mm -hmm. What does it even mean when you talk about being whole and complete? Because, you know, we look at human beings, you know, it's not like they're running around missing an arm. At least most of us are not, right? Or missing a nose or an ear. Right? We all look complete from the outside. But what, what is this whole concept of wholeness and, and completeness? Yeah, great, great question. I think it I, I think when I when I feel it, know it and have it for those few moments that I do, <laughs> it's I don't have an agenda. I just have a need to engage. So being able to fully engage without having an agenda is a sign to me that I feel whole and complete. There's nothing I need to get or grasp or accomplish right now. Doesn't mean I'm opposed to accomplishing something. Doesn't mean I'm opposed to creating a connection or making a decision or taking a next step with someone. I just yeah. don't have to. Hmm. Right? Hmm. And so for me, the whole and complete piece is, well, I'll give you an example. And this is a partial kind of example because it's, when I walk into these situations, there are a lot of times I still want something, but I want it less than I normally would want it, if that makes sense. Right. So if I'm going in to a new client and they want to hear about Westwood International, my company, our services, leadership development, or designing a custom program, I'll often have several talking points I want to make. I may have some slides about what we've done. I'll probably have quotes or testimonials from past clients. I'll take some of the logos from some of the biggest brand names we've worked with. Like I'll put all that out there. Right. All right. Now, when I walk into that appointment, if I have that whole list and that whole deck and I'm determined to get through it, I'm not, I'm not whole and complete. Right? The only thing that's going to make me whole and complete is getting through that agenda, getting through that deck, making sure the client sees those logos. Now I'm whole and complete. Now, the irony is the more I do that, probably the less whole and complete the relationship is. So on my really good days, sometimes I'll have all of that. I'll prepare all of that. I'll, I'll have it in a little binder or folder. And then I'll leave it in the car and I'll just take a notebook and I'll just walk into the client. And I'll say, look, let's just, let's just go. I may add another phrase that probably isn't appropriate for your podcast, but let's just go 
naked. Let's just go in and listen. And it'll be one of my sometimes uh, gestures to myself to say, be whole. Don't be selling. Right? So that from a business perspective, if I can, as best as possible, put away my whole agenda and be there to listen and ask questions, I'm working my way towards being more whole and complete and then looking at a way to serve. Yeah. Right. I mean, one thing like with this group hope makers that we've, we've started a couple of years ago, I tell everyone, don't ever sell anyone on hope makers. Just don't do it. You can invite people who you think are a match. And if they want to pursue it, let them pursue it at their own pace. Do not sell anyone. I mean, it's kind of tough to sell it anyway, because there's no fee to it. But I, <laughs> I mean, I've got to solve that problem pretty soon too, but you know, don't, don't twist someone's arm or pull someone in or try to convince or change someone's mind. Just invite people. Yeah. So, you know, you asked the question, what does it mean to be whole and complete? Those are a couple examples or a couple ways I try to practice it. And I'll notice the incompleteness or the grasping showing up. And I'll say, okay, oh, here it is. What am I going to do now to put it aside or to acknowledge it and then be able to put it aside so I can be more present? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm fully with you on that bandwagon. And mm -hmm. I have made it my mission to educate entrepreneurs about exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. That this path of operating from a place of wholeness mm -hmm. just makes you so much more effective as an entrepreneur. And yet I find it's a little bit of a conundrum mm -hmm. because you talk about, for instance, not having an agenda, right? Mm -hmm. Not having an agenda, you could sort of translate to also not having like a specific goal, right? When mm -hmm. you go into the meeting, Instead of saying, okay, my, my, my goal is to sell, you're like, no, I don't, I just show up. I just show up powerfully and I focus on connecting with people and serving people. And so people have challenged me on this notion. It's like, yeah, but you need a goal, right? You need to focus on targets, right? Uh, you, you need to make sales. If you don't do that, then it's not really a business. And so I'm wondering, what would your answer be if people challenge you on that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so one thing it doesn't mean is being disengaged. So if I'm whole and complete, that doesn't mean I disengage from the world or disengage from a conversation or dis disengage from a difficult moment or emotion. It doesn't mean that. It actually does just the opposite for me if I'm living from a healthy place. It allows me to step in and engage even more which means I can observe more without judgment. I can see more of the data. I can consider more of the possibilities. I have potentially a lot more options in front of me because I haven't narrowed my field of view. It doesn't mean not making decisions, right? If I walk into that meeting and the client says, look, I know a week ago and we talked, 
this is what I asked you for. But since then, we've had a board meeting. And the agenda has changed. Being whole and content allows me to ask the question, what's changed? Hmm. Now what do you need? Hmm. Would you be open to discussing how what I put together could be adapted to meet better what you changed so you can really have a custom experience? Hmm. Right? So now I have a goal. I just am not tied to it. Um, right? So it gives me more opportunity to serve someone, but ironically also to serve myself. I, I can tell you one of my worst consulting experiences, I was working for a large, big global firm back in the beginning of my career. And I walked into a client. I was leading a team of people. It was like three or four of us. And I walked into a client and the client system asked me to do a kind of um an engagement audit let's call it that an engagement audit so i interviewed the top team except the ceo i interviewed the top team other members interviewed the top 200 people we did some surveys we had this full assessment yeah came back that the ceo was really the problem at least in mm. everyone's view mm. and there were some fascinating stories they told that allowed that CEO to be the problem. In part, he was following someone who was well-loved, had great communication skills, cared for everyone, et cetera, et cetera. And he was very distant, um, had a very specific agenda. A lot of people viewed him as not kind or a listener. And so when I got this audit back and I was to present it to the board and the executive team, I called them up. I said, look, you need to see this report before I present it. And he says, no, I don't need to see the report. Just bring it. I'm okay seeing it with everybody. I'm like, no, it has a lot to do with you. And hmm. you need to see it. And we need to discuss it before it's presented. He said, no, I told you no. He said, so I'll see you in a few days in the meeting. So hung up. I didn't sleep that night. I called him up the next day. <laughs> I said, look, I know you told me you don't need to see this report. But I'm telling you again, you need to see this report. He said, I told you yesterday. I don't need to see the report. I'm like, all right. So we go into the meeting. And the first meeting was with the executive team wasn't with the board. This first meeting was the executive team. I sit down. He sits to my right. I hand out the report to everyone. I said, look, I'm going to give you 10 minutes to read the report. It was about 25 pages. So I'll give you 10, 15 minutes to read the report. And I have some questions. I want to discuss it with you. Talk about if these findings are accurate, what you think about them, and then potential next steps to begin to deal with some of the points that are raised. Oh, about four minutes into it. He turns to me, because like, I'm sitting on his left. So he turns to his left and he says, this report says that people feel like they don't have a voice. How can you write this? And in my head, I'm like, dude, I told you, you should look at this. 
Right? He says, how can you write this? He turns the person on his right. So now he starts to go around the circle, right? I'm on his left. So now he goes to his right. And he looks at the person to his right. He says, Joe, do you have a voice here? He's like, oh, yeah, I've got a voice. Of course I have a voice. Nancy, do you have a voice? Oh, yeah, I have a voice. I definitely have a voice here. And he goes all the way around them, all 12 people. All 12 of them say, I've got a voice. Now, I interviewed them. They told me they don't have a voice. He finishes with the last person. The last person says, I have a voice. He looks at the report, he picks it up, he looks at me, he says, how can you publish this? Everyone here says they have a voice. Puts it down, he says, this meeting's over. Now, at that point, if I was worth my salt and I was whole and complete, I would have said, we can't help you. Now, I might not have said that in front of the group. I might have told them that privately. But we couldn't help them. I went back to the big firm that I worked for. And they said, no, no, keep going. You can make this work. It was a big contract, yada, yada. I stayed with it for three more months. It was awful. Ended up in a lawsuit. Wow. Right? That The, 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 the client sued the consulting firm. Hmm. And I don't even recall what happened, how it was settled. Yeah. But that's the example of what happens when everyone has an agenda. It's usually mixed with some dysfunction, some mm. more than others. And problems and issues can't get solved and aired yeah. properly. Yeah. And so people will say, I need a goal or you need an agenda or you need a Yeah, you do. But a lot of times they're going to get in your way of having an impact yeah. as much as they're going to push you forward. So don't make goals and drive and motivation a panacea. Yeah. You can be a lot more effective and have more of a difference because my hunch is people want a goal or want to drive because they want to make an impact. They want to do this. They want to look, you can do that sometimes even more powerfully by not having a goal or an agenda. Now, I think for some people, the temptation of having a goal and agenda is to give them the illusion to have, have a more control than they really do. Mm. Right? We all want to have control. And if we're going to the self-development seminars, it's like stand up, scream, shout, be controlled, do your thing, go out and tell the world. Part of that's true. Part of that is if you have something good and you're not willing to share it with the world, it's not going to get out. So you do need to get out. But getting out is not about having a goal agenda. Getting out is more about getting over your fear. Right. And one way to get over your fear is to be able, is having the urge to control. Or look right. Or look good. Or not be embarrassed. Which is all having an agenda and not being whole and complete. Yeah. So 
I mean, we can talk a long time about what is the dance between having goals and clarity and focus and being whole and complete. I mean, there's a very famous prayer by um, a 15th century spiritual person who said to his particular God, make me an instrument of your peace. Hmm. Right? He understood the goal was to be as empty as possible so the right energy and forces could move through him so that he could have an impact. So the goal is having no goal and being aligned with the right forces. Yeah. So, and kind of through this conversation, maybe another way I might frame it moving forward is it might be more important for me to be aligned properly with the right intent and the right forces than it is to have some kind of material goal, number of pages, number of likes, number of sales, whatever that might be. Right? So I'm going to have a goal. It's just going to be counterintuitive to what people might think a goal should be. Yeah. I really like the way that you're describing that. And, you know, especially this whole notion of control and ha not having control. And so many of us, we long for a sense of control in life. We cling to really the idea of control, because just like you said, I agree, there is no ultimate sense of control because you can tell yourself all you want. And then tomorrow you walk outside of your door and you get hit by a bus. Mm -hmm. Where's the control in that? Ultimately, we don't have control. What I find is we have trust. We have trust in God, the universe, spirit, the quantum, whatever we want to name that ineffable thing. And I find that the more you trust, the more your body and mind relaxes. And the more mm -hmm. your body and mind relaxes, the more that sense of intuitive creativity that every human being innately has access to comes out. Mm -hmm. And I have seen in my own life, the transition, for instance, when I, I started this coaching speaking journey by doing workshops and mm -hmm. workshops for um, business accelerators, for co-working companies, for small businesses. And I started out by writing literally almost every sentence in my notebook and having my notebook in front of me and then reading and then sort of playing with it. And I was not very effective with that. And there was a day I remember where I was, again, I began writing everything down and I said to myself, you know what? No. And I closed the book and I said, I'm going to just show up. Mm -hmm. And I did simply show up and it was way better. People kept coming to me. This was incredible. This was so powerful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And what I got from that now, also I do this in coaching sessions, right? Even now today, right? I prepared all of these questions. Mm -hmm. I haven't asked you a single one of them until now. And so I'm, I'm, I'm with the completeness. I'm with the, just let's, let's go wherever the journey will take us. And when I see that in a business sense, just in a sales conversation or in a negotiation without an agenda, I can provide so much more value because the agenda in my mind will constantly say, no, nah, no, nah, keep going right. Keep going right. Keep going. But the, but the person in front of me might be going left. Might be going left. I'm like, no, it's not right. I should be going right. So that now I'm pulling the person where he or she doesn't want to go. And so mm -hmm. now I'm creating a sense of confusion. Now I'm creating a sense of 
fighting the person in front of me and the person can tell that. And so there's a lack of trust, there's a lack of connection. And with that, the chances of me actually creating a client rapidly decrease, I find. So I'm wondering, do you see, do you see those trends in, in leadership development and sales development? Do you see like a shift happening where, cause it used to be all of this always be closing, just get people to buy from you, upsell, upsell, upsell. And do you see that there's a shift happening is it, or is it just a few tiny people that come onto the Zenpreneur podcast and go to the uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza retreats that talk about these things? Or do you see this on a larger scale? Well, I think it's a larger scale and I'll tell you why I think that. I mean, it turns out that a lot of people now will not work with companies unless there's a cause and there's an alignment. Hmm. This generation seems to have a bend towards less grinded out, less money focus, less material and comfort seeking from a material perspective. Yeah. Much more driven by cause, by experience, by time, and by freedom. Mm. Now, if that assessment is correct, I think there's going to be much more of people being more in tune with what they want and how they want it, and not as handcuffed by a job, by a paycheck, by a retirement account, by status. And if that's the case, I think the shift is happening as you've described it. I also think this generation coming in is much more inclusive than previous generations. More inclusive from multiple ways. No. Age, sexuality, skin color, religion, etc. No. More in tune with the earth and the planet. And for those who are wise enough, they know that we're not going to solve these planet problems unless all of us figure it out together. If there's two or three countries that go rogue, you can screw up the whole thing. Right. So those are the reasons I think there is a shift happening. Yeah. I think a lot of it is due to necessity. And I think a lot of it is being inspired by the generations coming in. Yeah. Now, the concern I have is that I do think there's more and more power being put into fewer and fewer hands. Hmm. i.e. control the media, control of the money, control of the internet or the platforms that are used to communicate. There are becoming fewer and fewer people who control those critical platforms. Right. So I think the next step is going to be how do we democratize those platforms? How do we democratize opportunity? How do we democratize resources on a more even basis without going socialist? Hmm. Right. So I think that is going to be a big challenge that we have to solve as a society. Yeah. Um, but to come back to your question, my answer is yes. I think there's something going on. Yeah. Um, that, that answer gives me hope. Yeah. Hope makers. <laughs> we are, we are, we are creating hope right here now in this conversation. Mm -hmm. Now, when I hear you talking, 
I'm thinking big picture, a lot of people, bigger corporations. A lot of people that listen to my podcast are on the solopreneur journey. They have maybe a small team or they want to embark on that journey of scaling their business and bringing on more people. And I wanted to ask you, from your experience, what do you see is important as somebody who makes the shift from being a solopreneur mm -hmm. to becoming a business owner on mm -hmm. a mental level? Where do you, what would you say are some of the key elements to becoming more of an executive leader? Yeah, so I think, first of all, pick your headaches. <laughs> Right. Don't take on headaches that are going to drive you down. And here's what I mean by that. There are headaches that you want to take on because they're going to push you to grow and be a better version of yourself. Right. So take on those headaches, but don't take on too many headaches. If you do, you'll get lost. Second, build as many systems and resources as possible that can allow your company to grow. So as an example, I have a financial team and they pretty much just run the show now. I don't have to look at too much. I have bookkeepers, I have an accountant, I have you know, a, a large scale overseeing accountant, they run the system, right? So that system's in place. I'm great at closing. I've closed probably 90% of our work, but I'm now at a point where I need to find a marketing company to help me find those people who want to work in a way that, you know, we've talked about and that we want to work right. doing a very human center, but an extremely mature mindset approach and change to culture and to groups and teams. No. Right. That are fully engaged, but are building that trust that we've talked about, which is a bit different than creating safety. It's also about building courage and maturity, hmm. right? So I think a lot of people get it wrong when they say, we're gonna build a safe place, a safe place. No, 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 nothing's ever completely safe. Let's also build maturity and courage too, which means we have to feel unsafe at times. Yes. If we don't have challenges and feel unsafe at times, we can't be building the courage and the maturity. We need to be even safer. So given all of that, one system I need to work on right now is marketing and sales. Right. So from a business perspective, look at the different places where you need to grow and build. If you can buy your way out of it or build a system, do that and be careful on what headaches you pick up. But even as a solopreneur, I started this right from the beginning. When I was just a one person show, I got a payroll company. And someone said to me, why are you getting a payroll company? It's just you. I was like, yep, but you know what? I'm gonna hire that payroll company. They're gonna give me a salary every month. I know taxes are paid on that salary every month. I know the balance that goes into the account and what I can use then to reinvest in the company. I know what my dimes are, what I need to keep my family going. I'm getting a payroll company, right? So I, in that simple way, I started to build a system right from the beginning. Smart. Yeah. And you can begin to look at what systems can you put in place right from the beginning. So as you scale, 
the system is already there to help and support you. So when I've scaled up now and employees or even part-time, I have the system in place for it to scale. Yeah. So even if it's just for you, you can start to put those systems in place. Yeah. Talk to me also about the mindset. Cause I see the whole putting systems in place and processes and SOPs and then potentially bringing on people that's very often talked about. And I want to, I would love to know from you, what is it that people miss out on? Because we all know that we need to do those things, or at least the books talk about it, but there's not a lot of people that end up doing that or not doing it properly. And I feel it's their mind that gets in the way. So you, with your experience, you must have seen everything and anything that mm -hmm. people are doing wrong and that people are doing right. So I'm curious, mm -hmm. on a mental perspective, where do you see the shift that needs to happen? I mean, one of the biggest shifts that needs to happen is people trusting that other people can help them. Mm. And when they get burned to let go of the burn to find another one they can trust. And when I was starting out, I literally had the first three people that I partnered with steal from me in one way, shape or form, right? One person stole, they took the content I created and never compensated me for it. Another person said, yes, come and work with me on this client. I'll pay you this, that, and the other thing. Never even paid for my expenses, you know, et cetera, right? There are different ways that people stole from me. I didn't stop. The marketing piece. I'm on my seventh marketing company. <laughs> and I've continued to evolve and shift. I'm now at a point where, what's your fee? Your fee is well, how much per month? Okay, I'm going to double that fee. But it's going to be commission. Because I'd rather pay a commission check with someone I trust. Yeah. And now I'm going to have three campaigns going. And I'm going to have three different companies. And each one of those campaigns now double their fees. Yeah. Because I can't afford to lose another three to four months waiting for someone to disappoint me. Yeah. I'm going to see which one of those three are going to work. And I'm happy to pay more. Smart. You'll take more risk, you get more pay. That's the way the world works. Yeah. Right? So I've been burned a lot by people or companies have said they're going to deliver and they didn't. So, okay, I got to change. But the willingness just to change and keep trying, keep figuring it out is part of what we need to do. There was a great interview by Ed Sheeran, the singer songwriter. Yeah. And I think what podcast was he on, but I heard it. And he said, Oh, he said, I used to be an awful singer. And the guy was like, the interviewer was like, no, no way. He said, no, no. Listen to this clip when I was 16 or 17. And he played it. And the guy's like, oh, my God, you were awful. <laughs> it was really pretty funny. He said, yeah. But in the next two and a half to three years, I figured it out. Yeah. And he sure did. Right? So he knew he was awful. And he didn't, it didn't, that being awful didn't stop him. So being burned by someone, if it doesn't stop us, or having people that don't deliver doesn't stop us, and we keep looking, because honestly, it is going to take a lot of work to find the right people to partner with. So you got to be ready for the ups and downs of that. Yeah. Um, I mean, the consultants I have now, 
we probably have like 15 to 20 consultants, but I've gone probably through 40 or 50 to get to those 15 or 20 Mm. people who are good, who are responsible. And I've now had to trust that several of them have spun off and started their own thing because over six to eight years of working with me, they realize what it takes and now they're doing their own thing and I'm supporting them. Yeah. Because that's the other thing that happens. And if I get too clingy, like I'm not going to bring this person on because I'm probably going to spin out and do their own thing in three or four years. So I don't want to invest in them. You know, it's another way of a fear or an agenda can keep me from having really good people do really good work for very important clients. So even when people are good, you can feel burned if you have the wrong mindset. That's a that's a really good point because that this exact thing I've worked on with a lot of my clients. Mm-hmm. This whole notion of I've got burned in this relationship and so now instead of sort of getting another person I'd rather do it myself. Mm-hmm. And you know, you've done a lot of inner work and I'm wondering what's your way of dealing with that pain? that pain of having been burned or experiencing a failure, a loss in the company, you know, how do you deal with that without dragging it into the future? Yeah. So this kind of brings us full circle and Hmm. might be a good point to, to wrap up on, but it brings us full circle to if I'm whole and complete. Yeah. I don't have to carry anything into the future. I just observe something in this moment. Yeah. I can make a good assessment based from a lot of options because I'm not caught in one type of thinking or anger, or anxiety, or fear. And now I can let it go and move forward with this next lesson. Like, just go back to the example of the marketing companies. I've learned a lot of lessons now being burned. How do I take those lessons and now go to the next company and say, okay, here's what I've learned. Here are the parameters. Here's what I expect. Here's what I'll do that I think is fair. Does this work for you or not? Right? And just keep adding to your learning through your pain. Yeah. And don't stop. Yeah. And for work, like for you as a coach, that's the mindset work. Right? That's that's where you're getting your bucks. Yeah. You know, how to help people through that. Yeah. Whole and complete the way to become a more effective business leader, to grow your business, to increase your sales, to market your company better, to train people, to trust people. You've just touched on the the tip of the iceberg of what whole whole and completeness can do for you. And I'd love for us to have another conversation to dive deeper into that and hear more of your experience about it. But you have been a great guest, Greg. Uh, I really appreciate you. How can people find you? And is there anything that you have, um, an invitation for people uh, that they can uh, learn more about your work? Yeah, I think there's two things. One, best place to reach me is on LinkedIn. And I'm the only Greg Slavore on the whole planet. So as long <laughs> as you spell the last name right, Z-L-E-V-O-R, um, you find Greg, that's me. Um, so that'd be probably the easiest place to reach me on LinkedIn. Or if you want to look up Hope Makers, that might be the easiest place for people to join and be a part of it. Um, and that's hopemakerscollective.com, all one word. And then, of course, if there's anyone who has a larger company or knows of a company or a team 
that wants to practice these skills from a team and collective perspective, Westwood International or Westwood INTL is the company. So be great Beautiful. to hear from anyone who wants to reach out. Wonderful. Greg, I will be sure to add all of that in the show notes. Thank Great. you for being a wonderful guest on the Zenpreneur podcast. And thank you for listening. And I will see you on the next episode.